Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and joining me today, first, fresh from beating people with foam objects, Chad. Hey, yeah, I was, and I'll tell you what, Al, if you ever get a chance to take your frustrations out on somebody with a foam sword, do it. Do it! Yes, I used to actually be in a live-action role-playing group, and yes, beating on people with foam, foam with long foam things can be kind of a stress-relieving. Unless you're fighting one of those people who's like absolutely amazing and really good at it, then they probably end up hitting you more often. But anyways, and also... Well, honestly, Ed, that was everybody I fought against tonight, but it was still fun. <laughs> yep, it's, it is a lot of fun and good exercise, too. Yes. And also joining us today, fresh from eating a bunch of broccoli, I understand, Lou. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, It sounds like, uh, Chad, you were doing like Nerf times a thousand, huh? Yes, absolutely. Well, on to today's topic. Today we're going to be talking about dump stats, which, you know, considering, you know, we're talking about taking a dump and I don't know, Lou, since you just ate a bunch of broccoli, kind of appropriate, right? Well, you know, the, the precursor to it, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> so when we're talking about dump stats, and probably going to focus a lot on Dungeons & Dragons, because, you know, it's a game that all three of us are familiar with, and, you know, a lot of role players do have some experience in. And first, I suppose we should define what exactly do we think about when we're talking about a dump stat. So let's start with Chad. Oh, that's easy. A dump stat, that, you know, you have that one die roll, it seems at least one in, in every character you make, that you're just like, what the hell am I going to do with an eight? So that's the dump stat. That's where you, depending on what character you are, see, and, and that's the thing I was thinking about as we talked about uh, this uh, this podcast, is dump stat is very much hinges upon what kind of character you're making. Okay. Yep. And so... Oh, go ahead. But it's it's that it's that one die roll that you use at whatever point that you're like, well, uh, and I'm just gonna use a I'm just gonna use a, a thief because that's what I use that's what I make the most of rogues, you know. It's that one die roll where you're like, I'm not gonna use this. That's going in, you know, in intelli- or not intelligence. I'm sorry, but um, um, oh god, wisdom? what's the other one? What's that? Wisdom. Yeah, that's going in wisdom because why? Because it does me no good as a thief. Well, I don't know. I mean, for in, in Dungeons and Dragons, wisdom is usually pretty handy for everyone. But uh, let's talk Only about you want to use your skills. <laughs> okay, but Lou, uh, anything to add on how you would define a dump stat? No, it's a dump stat is going to be something that your crappiest dice roll is going to get put into. Example being an an orcish barbarian, for example. You don't care about charisma because nobody cares what you look like. So you'd put in your your worst role. Yep, and I think that's how a lot of people are. We're going to define that as a as a dump stat. It's usually you're going to encounter it in a game where you have the freedom to distribute your die rolls as you want. Because like in now, I know Chad, you said you never really played much in basic D and D. Lou, have you ever played much basic? Uh, I think the earliest back I did was 
second and third, so I don't believe so. Yeah, because in basic Dungeons and Dragons, and of course this is one of those things that you can just easily house rule out if you want, but if you go by the book, you rolled your stats in order. So the first one you rolled was strength. The second one was going to be intelligence, the next one wisdom, and so on, until you have all six of your statistics. The well, one thing basic wasn't there wasn't there seven statistics in basic? Didn't you have comeliness as well as charisma? That actually didn't come along until first edition, and that was introduced okay. in, I believe, Unearthed Arcana. And and this is one of the things that well, what the heck? Let's jump off a uh, topic right away. No time like the present. When you talk about charisma and comeliness, two very different things, and I guess I see them as two sides of the same coin, and I'm sure that uh, some other old-school role players might have their own opinions about it, but essentially, well, let's talk about charisma. Um, first, how would you define charisma? Do you see it more as a com- as your personality and persuasiveness, your physical attractiveness, or a little bit of both? Well, you know, it's one of those things... Um... All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little dark on you here, but Hitler was very charismatic. He had charisma pouring out of every part of his body, but he was not comely at all. <laughs> you know, um, charisma is just your ability to um, talk people into things, to do things based on your personality. It's uh, it's not so much how you look, even though it's kind of enveloped comeliness in the later editions but i see it as something as as the way you are able to convince people and and based on your personality okay what about you lou how would you define the difference between charisma comeliness and also do you think that they it's a good idea to keep them separate or do you think that really you just need charisma and having comeliness is overkill you know, and I'll be honest, I think I wouldn't mind having an extra stat for comeliness because, you know, Chad made a really good point in that you could have someone who is who just has it oozing out their pores where they can turn turn a crowd like it's no business, but they could be homely as hell. So having both of those added into charisma as one, I don't know, I guess I'm not sure. I kind of like the idea of having them split. Uh, my opinion has always been it's kind of put together, but it's more so your charisma is more so physical appearance in the games I've ever played. Yeah, because the way I've always understood charisma in most editions of D&D, I believe they do put it as a combination of your personality, your ability to socially interact with people, and um, a little bit with your uh, physical appearance as well. So, you know, so thus... If you do have someone with a high charisma, we can assume that they are both attractive and very eloquent with their words and their speech. Whereas if you have someone with low charisma, maybe they don't, not only do they not really take good physical care of themselves, well, that's not really the right word, but they don't take much pride in their appearance. But not only that, they also have a very sour personality as well. So in some regards, I can, I think in some ways it does make sense, but I think it is a little bit of overkill. I mean, I think in most situations, 
the average person on the street, you know, you're talking with someone, whether it's at work or at the bus stop or, you know, a game convention, whatever. At, at least for me, I'm not really paying much attention to their physical appearance. I'm going to form an opinion on them or react to them based on their, you know, their persuasiveness, how they're talking. Are they being a rude son of a gun to me? Are they, you know, looking down on me or are they trying to make a positive impression? So that's why I guess I would see them as it's charisma, I think, is it's best to just go by charisma for that reason. That's just my personal opinion anyway. So and charisma is a good place to go on that because I think for many people, unless you're playing a character class that requires a high charisma, chances are I think charisma is usually the first dump stat that most people choose. So we'll start with Lou this time. What do you think, Lou? From your experience, when the people you're gaming with, if they're going to use a dump stat, do you tend to find that they put it in charisma or do you find that they usually put it in another stat on the average? I mean, you know, as, as Chad said, it usually it's probably going to vary based on what character class you're playing. Sure. Um, in my experience in the games that I've been part of, it charisma has been pretty high on the list of things that are dumped. It's usually charisma, intelligence, and wisdom. Um, more often than not, due to the fact of the way that the party is creating their characters. Um, you know, most of the fighters don't care if they have high charisma because it doesn't really matter with their skills and everything else. Um, and that's unfortunately what a lot of my parties that I've been with have chosen to do. I mean, some people do the thieves, some people do archers and things like that. But generally speaking, everybody just wants one magic user who doesn't really even need the charisma. They need the wisdom and the intelligence. And then the rest of us can beat the crap out of things. So it's it's really charisma is kind of a really high dump stat in my experience. Okay. What about you, Chad? When for a lot of the people that you've gamed with, do you tend to see that they usually use charisma as the dump stat, or do you tend to see another stat tend to be the again that that dumping ground unless they're playing a character class, of course, that requires that type of ability? Well, for me it's it's a little odd because I as groups as a whole, yes, charisma definitely is a is a high dump stat um, location. But I tend to play thieves now. Oh, well, always. <laughs> it's always been my class of choice. And I have found that um, my dump stat as a thief will tend to be either wisdom or strength. Um, depending on the type of rogue I'm making. I Very rarely do I make a... Uh, I guess you'd call it a, a, a fighting thief. I'm more into the, I'm going to pick your pockets. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I don't really need strength. So that becomes a high one. Charisma is never a dump stat when I play a rogue because I always, I guess I always kind of picture like the Errol Flynn type Robin Hood kind of guy when I create my character, regardless of how dark or Sinister, I make him. I still, on the outside, he's kind of got that package of, hey, look at me. I'm good to look at. I'm nice. I'm a happy guy. If, if you and follow so, comics, it's all kind of like a Gambit-type character almost. Yeah, because he's he's got to be he's got to be somebody who can talk his way out and around things. And In my estimation, that's always charisma. So charisma is never a dump stat when I make a rogue. 
Um, it's going to be wisdom most of the time. And if I need to dump a second stat, it's going to be strength. Because you want a high because you want hit points. You want a high dex because, well, you're a rogue. And intelligence is always nice because then you can speak multiple languages in a lot of cases. Well, I think that you make a good point with, like, Gambit as being a good example of a character, like a thief-type character that has a high charisma. Because with, you know, I mean, I'm not an expert on Gambit. I haven't read much of the X-Men comics where he was a character in there. But one of the things I remember, he was always a very smooth talker and tended to come off as a very likable person. And they actually, well, in the... 1986, well, I, I think it came out a little bit before, but in the early 80s uh, TSR Marvel Super Heroes game, the way they did Gambit in that is they actually gave him, a as one of his mutant powers, persuasion. And I'm not sure if this really is factored much into the comics or if it's something they just decided to do for that particular game setting, but the way that that power worked is... It wasn't really mind control, but Gambit could um, make you, he could talk his way. Gambit had this ability to talk you into seeing things from his point of view. And so I said it wasn't mind control, but it could still be a very useful uh, power if you knew how to use it. And, you know, when you're talking about rogues, charisma, I think definitely makes a very good a choice for not being a dumb stat because let's say you just botched a pickpocket roll. You know, you might try to talk your way out of it like, no, sir, I wasn't trying to grab your point, your coin purse. It was uh, starting to slip from your belt, so I was just trying to uh, catch it from you so you wouldn't lose it. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly where you use things like charisma. And, you know, you they're going to say, give me a charisma roll. And I don't know how you run a game, Al, because I've never actually played with you. But honestly, if I'm if I'm running a game and a thief tries to talk their way out of it, charisma is going to factor into that. Yes, the dice roll is going to factor into it as well. But that charisma and the way that that person playing that character talks their way, if they just go, well, I'm going to try to talk my way out of it. I'll say, OK, give me a charisma roll. But if they sit there and they're like, yeah, it was uh, slipping from your belt and I was going to catch it and I didn't want you to lose your valuable money and they they add I'm going to give them bonuses based on them actually playing their character and playing the fact that you know I almost got caught here okay and Lou you were about to say something I was going to say actually for the comic book because Gambit was still is actually one of my favorite characters yes in the comics he actually did have that kind of power okay um, obviously his kinetic was his major power you know athlete, um, acrobatics things like that but he actually did have kind of a a side-in power of not really seduction, but it, you could easily put it as persuasion, where he could really get people on your side if you if you tried. Uh, yeah, charisma. From I've noticed with a lot of the groups I play with, charisma tends to be our first choice for the dump stat, and the only exception is, well, in the rare case where we have someone playing a, a paladin, or the other situation when we have someone playing a bard. Um, and, you know, and of course that makes sense because with the, you know, of course the paladin, they need to be, you know, very, uh, very noble, very personable. They need to have this air of dignity about them. And, you know, of course, a bard, you're 
well, your main class feature is you entertain people. So, yeah, obviously being a, a likable person is extremely important in a case like that. My clerics typically have a bit of a higher, uh, the ones that I've started playing at least, have usually had a little bit of a higher charisma, mainly because of the skills that it affords them also. Okay. Let's talk about another stat that I think some people tend to use as a dump stat, uh, and that is intelligence. Do you ever notice that, with the exception of someone playing like a mage or a bard, do you notice that that tends to be another popular dump stat in your gaming circles? Intelligence can be. It's not always. Um, I think at least the groups I play with, they tend to keep their intelligence because it affords them additional languages. And Lou can probably attest to the fact that if you don't speak a language, I I don't mess around with it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't speak a language, you don't understand. Yeah, there's there's no, like, you know, you kind of get kind of like English and Spanish. You can kind of make out some of the words. If you don't know it, you don't know it. And that's, that's, it's just how it is. There's, you know nothing of it. Okay. And see, the thing is for me, I've noticed that it depends on what house rules that we used that determined whether intelligence took the dump or not. And that's because one of the optional rules that, or house rules that one of my groups used. Now, in the normal, D&D, and I'm, I'm talking from second edition perspective here, just because that's the one that I've played the most of. In second edition, you know, your intelligence gave you a number of bonus languages, and it also worked that way in first edition and, and basic. But of course, in second edition, where non-weapon proficiencies were no longer optional, but they were a part of the core rule set, one of the rules that we used to use in one of my gaming groups is that you could use your bonus languages for non-weapon proficiencies instead of a language. So let's say you've got a decent intelligence and you know you get plus five languages. And I don't have my book right next to me, so I'm not sure what intelligence uh, that would be. But you know maybe you might decide, well, I don't really have a need to, for this particular character to speak five languages. So instead of using those those uh you know way, using those extra uh in points for languages our game master might let us use those for non-weapon proficiencies so that made having a character with a high intelligence very desirable even if you didn't have a you know even if you didn't intend on speaking a lot of languages or you didn't have a class that required you to uh, you know, to have a high intelligence. And one of my game masters even allowed us to use it as weapon proficiencies instead. So again, wow. if you're playing a warrior, obviously having, you know, a few extra weapon proficiency slots, that was, that was huge. That was awesome. That seems a little, that seems a little even Monty Hall to me. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's very, Loose Generous. house rules. Yes, and I mean, I think the way we did it is we only allowed warriors to do it, or maybe even just fighters, because you know when you look at second edition, uh, fighters had considerably less to work with in the way of abilities than rangers or paladins did. So, I mean, in that regard, I think it could make sense for fighters, but again, you still had the option, of course, to use those extra 
you know, proficiency points for languages or non-weapon proficiencies, which, you know, of course can be very useful. Now, of course, there's some classes where it's pretty easy to determine which stat is going to take the dump. Obviously, if you're playing a wizard, strength usually isn't very critical. And Chad, you mentioned when you're playing a thief, usually, uh, you know, your your wisdom is the one that's going to take the dump. So yeah. for you, though, do you ever, do you see any character classes where it actually pays to be well-balanced all across the board where it's really hard to decide which stat you want to put your lowest one in? Ooh, that's a good question. I guess I really hadn't ever thought about that. Um, I would think... Well, if I can give you an example just to kind of get you thinking to where I was I was going with this. Yeah. One class that I think is extremely helpful to have good stats all across the board, the Cleric. Because you look at it, they're probably one of the more well-balanced characters in Dungeons & Dragons, especially like second edition. You know, because, okay, their main, one of their main disadvantages, okay, they have a little bit more limited weapon selection. Because if you're going just by basic rulebook, not using any specialty uh, clerics, not using any, you know, character kits, okay, they can only use blunt weapons. But they can also use any armor. You know, they've got their spells. They can turn undead. Um, so they're also the kind of character that not only can they fill that role of the supporter by using magic to heal and protect the party, but they can also usually hold their own in combat because they have decent hit points. And not only that, as they start to gain levels, they actually become pretty respectable fighters. So that's what I meant when I said a class that it really pays to have good stats all across the board and how it can be kind of hard to decide which stat is going to be the dump stat. So what about you, Chet? So now that you kind of know where I was going with that, can you think of any class that it's usually difficult to choose which stat is going to be the dump stat? Wow. Um, you know, the only thing that keeps coming to my mind is Necromancer. <laughs> okay, so you think that a Necromancer should be uh, should be decent well, all across yeah, the board? Because, I mean, You've got to have a high intelligence. You've got to have a high wisdom if you're going to try to control the things that you create. Um, you know, and I think just overall they should be a balanced class just because, I mean, you're, you're dealing with some dark stuff, and if it gets out of hand, it's going to kill you. So you got to be able to do all the different bits and pieces of surviving. But, you know, that's just really the only one that pops into my head that way. Maybe maybe Paladins, um, again, just for the same reason that, you know, Paladins not are not always necessarily looked upon fondly by members of society. So, you know, it's, it's possible that they're going to have to fight their way out or talk their way out or, uh, you know, heal their way out of a situation. <laughs> Okay, let's go to you, Lou. So, in your experience, what character class, again, any edition, um, do you think it's good to have well-balanced stats all across the board? You know, and I mean, in a perfect world, you know, all stats are going to be balanced across the world. But that's just not how the dice usually treat everybody. In my experience, my 
limited experience in finger quotes here, of course. Um, you're right. Um, I think a paladin definitely needs to have those skills for the same reason that was mentioned about the paladin. Um, the cleric and the paladin should need that as well, because especially if you're going to have them be, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, a battle cleric, you know, if you're going to get in there, it's like being a medic. You know, if you're going to be getting into the thick of battle to heal somebody, because it's usually touch spells for that, you can't be running up there having like three hit points and be smacked as you're trying to help health, health uh, heal people, I should say. Um, you're going to need your wisdom for your spells, intelligence for, you know, everything, because you're kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to being an actual cleric, a battle cleric, even more so with the health and con and decks and things. So I'd probably agree with you on the, the cleric, which it pretty much needs to be pretty well open for all for all stats on that one. Okay. And also another thing when you do talk about clerics, uh, since usually skills are very beneficial for them, um, it's usually helpful for them to, uh, you know, have additional skills that can help the party, whether it's, you know, languages, because if you have a, a cleric with a decent enough wisdom, I'm sorry, decent enough charisma, he might act as a party spokesman if there's not like a paladin or a bard that might be able to uh, fill that role. Um, another uh, thing that I could I could certainly see is, you know, you think of some of the other skills like spellcraft. Uh, you know, again, it's not necessarily a spell that's going to be immediately effective in in combat, but it's still a, you know, it's a very useful skill that certainly a, um, you know, that certainly a, a cleric could make good use of, or really any character could make good use of that. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, Al. So another thing to keep in mind when discussing dump stats is, well, why do we think that there are these dump stats? Do you think that it's because we just don't like playing that type of ability, or do you think that um, it most people choose a dump stat because they really just don't see that statistic as being very relevant to their character? Well, I was going to say, I think it can be kind of a combination of the both, um, also depending on what type of character you're playing. I mean, for example, let's say that you decide to play your warrior character. If you want him to be just a big, dumb hunk of meat who goes in there swinging an axe, fine. You know, you're going to go as intelligence being low and with strength being high, and you don't care about being smart. You just want to go in there and thwack things until they die. So, I mean, it could actually be both where you don't care about what's important for the character as well as you don't want to play that. There And plus, there's just sometimes you want to play an ugly character or you want to play a stupid character or something like that. That's part of the release of being in a fantasy world. Okay. And Chad, your opinions? I think it tends to do with character classes. I think Lou hit it on the head with that one. It's like, you know, why is intelligence important to a fighter? Why is wisdom or strength important to a rogue. Um, because every class has its stat that you need to really play that character to its fullest extent. Everything else beyond that is is fluff and character background. So why why do I not have a lot of wisdom? Well maybe I grew up in, you know, in a home for wayward youth. I didn't have to figure anything out because I was told day in and day out what to do. 
there was no reason for me to be uh, streetwise about it. It was just, I was told this is how you did it. And when I turned, you know, 16 or whatever, they kicked me out on the street. And here I am now. I'm smart. I'm strong. I'm, um, you know, I can talk my way through things, but common sense, I just don't have. Um, I think it can actually, dump stats, I think, can actually enhance characters and the ability to play a bad dump stat or to play a dump stat can make for a whole lot more fun in the game, in my opinion. Okay. And I can certainly see your point there because I think that uh, when, to some extent, yeah, we are going to go with whatever, you know, we're going to put the dump stat in whatever is going to be the the least beneficial for your character, but it can be fun to play characters that do have that low stat and you're doing it intentionally. Um, like one of my favorite characters I played was a, a, a wood elf fighter named Mungo, who was extremely strong, but not very bright and not very wise. I was conceiving the characters kind of this, you know, well-meaning, but not always forward-thinking simpleton. So it was a lot of fun to play that character, even though his intelligence and wisdom were both pretty low. But I think one of the reasons that charisma tends to get the dump stat is I think that some players see charisma more as something that you should role-play out as opposed to being just something that you should rely on on number rolls. So, any thoughts on that? Um, I find that a lot of players don't know how to play out charisma. Don't know how to play charisma as a stat. And that actually makes me very sad. <laughs> now, I may not be the best talker in the world, but when I get into character, I can at least get the idea across enough that you know, somebody's going to look at it and go, okay, I know what he's trying to do. Or, you know, I think that might work. Yeah, you know, Chad is stumbling over his words. But that doesn't mean that, you know, Erden the Grey, the, the Grey Elf, is is stumbling over his words. You know, it may take me longer to get it out than it would ever take the character to get it out. But the fact is that you know where I'm going with it, and I'm actually role-playing the stat. Um, and I think that's important, uh, just as important as anything else. Okay. And Lou? You know, and I think it depends on the the group you're with. And let me just explain this in such a way that, you know, when you're with a group that you trust and that you're okay with, you're going to role play. You're going to be that character. You're going to talk as them. You're going to act as them. You might even have some of their mannerisms, like as far as body movements and things like that. You're not going to be like, I say blah, 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 or my character says blah, blah, blah. You're going to be like, you're going to say it in character, which if you're not in the right group or you're not comfortable with that group, you might not do that. So I think it does have a little bit to do with the kind of company you're with if you're going to be able to role play that character in that stat the same way. So, Lou, you're telling me that you're going to role play differently at, let's say, a convention than you are with a group of people you've gamed with for a while. Because, well, why don't you answer that and then I'll tell you why I asked that question. Well, I'm going to first of all say when I go to a convention that I get a chance to do that, then I I may be able to answer you a little bit better on that one. Um, but all joking aside, um, possibly yes, because you don't know these people. But then again, possibly no, because you don't know these people. You know, So what if they think that you're a complete noob when you're playing it? Who cares? 
I guess it just kind of depends on the comfort level of the person playing. Like myself, I've been doing this for a while. I don't care. Someone such as the wife who is just getting brand new into this, she might not feel most comfortable in a big setting around people she doesn't know. That's, I guess, what the point I was going after. No, and I get what you're saying. And, and I only ask that because when I go to conventions, I play completely differently. And it might not be the best reason why, but I do it because it doesn't matter. I'm gaming with these people for three, four hours. So I'm going to do the stuff that I wouldn't do necessarily uh, playing with a group that's going to be playing for several months at a time because it doesn't matter. So I actually am a more reserved player when I play with people I know than I am when I do like conventions or things like that. Kind of like going to a bar out of town. Those people will never see again. So let it all hang out. Yeah, kind of. And I think you make a really good – oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I can buy that. I understand that. And I can see it go both ways though, you know, depending on the anxiety aspect of it. And I think you make a really good point there uh, when you – now there's actually a really good question to discuss because, yeah, if you are – I mean, I admit, I am going to act differently if I'm with a group of people that I've been gaming with for 10 or 15 years than if I'm at, at Gen Con. I mean, a good example you – know, let me just, just give you a little example here. I mean, a lot of times with – you really got to know your group. And because sometimes you might say something that, you know, maybe your group or your circle of friends, you know, your, your that close-knit group, you might be able to get away with some things that you would not be able to get away with at a convention. Uh, well, just an example of, uh, you know, just a, a bit of humor that some people could potentially find offensive. When I was gaming with a group of people that I, well, I'd been playing with them for a you know, a couple years, so we knew each other reasonably well. I was game mastering, and the halfling thief backstabbed a giant. And just out of nowhere, I said, thieves do it better from behind. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, you know, we chuckled about it and then, you know, got on with the rest of the game. But... No, you what, didn't. You're gamers. You chuckled about it, and then you made more inappropriate jokes. Then you gamed. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, that's about right. But I probably wouldn't have done that if I was gaming at Gen Con or, I mean, if I was, like, doing a demo of one of my products at a convention, I wouldn't have done that either because, well, I'm sure 99% of the gamers out there you know, be like, okay, well, you're talking about a thief backstabbing. And, okay, yes, I, I get the double entendre there. But, you know, yes, there is going to be that, 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 that other group of people that is going to take severe offense to that. Um, and, of course, if it was a group with a, a lot of younger kids, no, I wouldn't be, you know, making any, you know, I wouldn't even consider doing that joke. So, but, yeah, that's a very good point that sometimes, and, hey, no, topic for another day, but you know how you might role play with a close knit group of friends versus how you would react when you're playing with a group of complete strangers. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I think yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So this is the final topic I was thinking of discussing for this episode. We've talked a lot about Dungeons and Dragons, and you know for the reasons I mentioned before, and and I think a lot of people can agree that. 
you know, while having good stats across the board is always helpful, in Dungeons and Dragons you can usually get away with putting you know your your eights or your sevens or your you know your sixes into something like charisma or intelligence. So we yeah D and D does have that dump stat factor to it. But have you ever played any role playing games that didn't have a dump stat or you didn't think any stat would be considered a dump stat? Uh, so who who wants to take that question first? Well, from the silence, I'm going to say Lou doesn't. I vote Chad for starters. Okay, Chad. Well, I guess you've been voted. So, are there any games that you've played where you don't see any of the stats as being uh, a dump stat worthy? I mean, well, Call of Cthulhu. Obviously, I mean, we know sanity in that game is obviously a dump stat. You don't need sanity in Call of Cthulhu, right? Well, actually, see, but that's the funny thing is sanity isn't a stat. Okay. In Call of Cthulhu. It's the byproduct of stats. There really isn't, um, in Call of Cthulhu or Trail of Cthulhu, any of the, and actually any of the horror genre games I've played, there isn't really a dump stat because everything comes into play at some point. Now, you can, you can, you know, take your stats and go, well, okay, I don't need to be, I don't need to have this much education. Um, but of course now I'm, I'm education is based on another stat, but you know, whatever stat it is, there really isn't a stat in call of Cthulhu that is a toss away stat when you get down to the bones of the, of the system. Okay. Now that said, are there stats that can, that you can be like, well, it sucks, but I, you know, I can live with it. Yes. And then I don't think there's really a system out there that doesn't have somewhere you can dump a stat. It may hurt you at you know this time and place during the game, but overall, it's not going to hurt you to have a dump stat. And I don't think of any of the games I've played, and I've played quite a few different ones. Um, I don't really know of a system that I've ever played that has a um, system where you can't get rid of that low die roll or that low point by place. Yeah, and I think when, because with Call of Cthulhu, I remember we were, this was several episodes ago, when I think when we were talking, I don't remember if it, when we were talking about uh, the movie Dagon, or if we were talking about, uh, if it was the episode we were talking about H.P. Lovecraft, but I remember, I thought it was interesting you mentioned in there that uh, two stats that are going to be the reverse of each other is your sanity and your Cthulhu knowledge, where it's like, the greater your Cthulhu knowledge is, well, by a natural consequence, that's that makes your sanity go even lower. Yes. Okay. Yep. So, Lou, of the role-playing games that you've played, have you ever encountered one where you felt all stats were equally important and it wasn't really beneficial to have a dump stat? You know, and it's not so much an individual game as it's a system, and that was White Wolf. Okay. Um, I've played Mage, I've played Changeling, and both of those characters I remember playing, It there really wasn't a stat that wasn't used all the time. So there wasn't anything you could just really dump off on and say, okay, well, we're never going to use this, or it's not important. Um, especially Changeling, for example. That's something where all of those stats are used, in my experience at least. So that's that would be what my comment on that one is that I think White Wolf is one where overall as a system there's really not a need for a dump stat. 
Okay. And I have very limited experience with the White Wolf World of Darkness games, but as I recall, one of the things that you could do in there that um, was 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 pretty cool is sometimes you could combine like a stat and a skill to uh, you know to to have a greater chance of success. Like one example I seem to remember is like if you were driving a car and you wanted to try to determine if there was something wrong with the engine based on just how it was, the car was handling, you might use like your intelligence as well as your driving skill. Though, I suppose it's not really a good example because we're talking about a skill and an ability. But yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Good system. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed playing it. Um, I really wish I could get back into that one, but it's not really really as common as it was back in the day yeah and didn't uh, a few years ago they totally revamped the world of darkness i think so in fact i think yeah, had a, it, 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 it had a lot <laughs> to do with uh um lawsuits actually <laughs> so there there was lawsuits brought by one of the original creators against one of the other original creators and it all ended up, and it all split, and it just became a real big mess. But um, yes, there was there was definite issues with uh, World of Darkness a couple of years back. Okay, so have you played both the new World of Darkness and the original World of Darkness? I have played the new World of Darkness. I have never played the original World of okay. Darkness. Believe it or not. Okay. Well, yeah, because I was just curious because I, I one friend of mine was saying that he personally liked the old world of darkness better than the new world of darkness. But as I said, since I haven't played the new world of darkness and I only have a little bit of experience with the original version. Yeah. I can't say for certain which one is better or, but so I was just curious about that. So for me though, I would have to say one game that I've played that where all your stats were, were really useful was probably TSR's Marvel superheroes. Because okay. the way that system worked is first, well, you had seven stats. The first four were your physical stats, fighting, agility, strength, endurance. And then the the next three stats were your mental stats, reason, intuition, and psyche. Now, the reason that your physical stats were all important is because you added those up in order to get how, determine how much health you had. So even if you are playing a character like, let's say, Doctor Strange, where, okay, he's fun, you know he's a wizard, a magic user, and it, for, it's still beneficial for him to have those good stats because that's what determines how much damage he can take before he gets knocked out. And it's not like D&D where your, your mage is eventually going to gain a few more hit points. Um, you know, in Marvel, you, your stats very rarely change. Um, and even if you are on the flip side of the coin with your mental statistics, let's say you're playing an absolute juggernaut character like, well, the juggernaut, or let's say you're playing Colossus or Thor or the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, you definitely want to have, you know, those high physical statistics, but the other statistics are equally important. Um, the first one, reason a lot of your skills that you're going to use are going to depend on your reason ability. Intuition, that's your ability to spot things that are out of place. So if you want to avoid getting surprised, if you want to be able to pick up 
on minute details. A high intuition is extremely useful. And psyche is your willpower. So if you want to avoid being mentally dominated, again, very important to have that ability as a high score. So at least in my experience, that's probably the uh, one of the few systems I played where really you don't want to have any dump stats. All stats across the board are equally useful. Well, I think we've talked enough about dump stats for now. So with that said, I'd like to thank both Lou and Chad for joining me today. And of course, if you want to hear more of Chad and Lou's wit and wisdom, be sure to visit poigamestudio.podbean.com and check out their podcast, Musically Challenged. So just like curiosity, since I got both of you in the same place here, whose idea was it to do the Musically Challenged? Was that something you thought of, Chad, or was that your idea, Lou? Well, Jeez, I think God, Lou, whose idea was it? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I mean, the title, I think I might have came up with, but I think the idea of actually doing it would have been yours. Well, yeah, I asked you to do a podcast with me, but then we we thought through several different topics. We thought music, we thought wrestling. Um, I think there was a couple other topics that came up, and I think we landed on wrestling and then we were looking for a name, and I, yeah, I think Lou, you came up with the name of it. So yeah, it's that was because that's actually a folder of music that I have let to yet left to sort on my computer. So I'm like, <laughs> you know what, that'll work really well. Hmm, cool. <laughs> Is that how you came up with it? It was actually because <laughs> I got MP3 files from a buddy of mine because there were songs I didn't have, and I put it as musically challenged because I am kind of anal when it comes to naming my music files. I want to make sure that they're in a certain format. And I considered, <laughs> I considered my friend musically challenged because of the way that he formatted his files. So that's kind of where that came out. Okay. Cool. Uh, an interesting little uh, behind the scenes there. I wasn't aware of that, were you? No. Mm-hmm. Well, now you guys know where the name musically challenged came from. So with that said, I'd like to thank you all for listening and... Have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming.